Hi, I'm Debbie Georgettis. Welcome to my show, America Can We Talk? Today, we're going to talk about America at election crisis point, election fraud as a coup, Georgia's Senate races crucial, and finally, the Democrats in crisis. And of course, I'll tell you why these stories matter to you. Stay tuned. Debbie Georgiatis, host of America Can We Talk, is an author, attorney, and political analyst whose mission is to inspire the American political conversation about preserving liberty in the best country on earth. And hello again and welcome to America Can We Talk to today's First Five. I labeled this First Five America at an election crisis point, and I want to just make this overarching point in the First Five today. No one honest in America who is paying attention, who has any knowledge of the facts, no one can be claiming that there was no massive election fraud in this election. No one can be claiming that. They either are ignorant or they are complicit. If they are telling Americans this is a grossly exaggerated thing, there's no big election fraud in 2020, they are either ignorant and they don't have any idea what evidence has been compiled, or they are complicit and benefiting, or maybe they're just fearful. But I wanna just in a very quick fashion run through the, I can't even begin to summarize the massive, massive evidence of election fraud in this country, but just to touch on kind of categories of fraud before I get to the point that we are in a place in American history that is unique in all of our history, there is no precedent for how America should handle this crisis. There is no historical uh, example we can go to. There is no historical precedent. There has never been this level of massive election fraud in a presidential election, which is attempting, and through the Democrat media mob, attempting to impose on America the answer that the radical left wants, which is, oh, Biden won, everybody knows this and you know, therefore Trump should concede. No one's either, if anyone's saying that to you, they are either ignorant because they are willfully ignorant and won't read and find out what's happening, or they just don't wanna know, and they, or they do know, they just don't wanna deal with it. But no one honest and informed in this country could possibly claim that this was a fair election. I'll tell you just a few latest things. Uh, there's a great summary, by the way. It's up on our website, americacanwetalk.org, on the homepage under shows, drop-down list of links. A great summary by a guy named Paul Craig Roberts, who is with the Institute for Political Economy. He runs through a great, great summary of the many reasons. He is both examples of the massive election fraud and also not just examples of the conduct of fraud, but the facts that any reasonable person looking at them would conclude Joe Biden did not get 80 million votes. Joe Biden did not win. This is a farce. But actually, I'm gonna start with those first because they're kind of fun. I forgot to mention earlier in the week, there was a Thanksgiving day online, so you could be safely at home with your you know, mask and goggles on if you wanted, but there was an online Thanksgiving message to, to America by Joe Biden, he who would be president. You wanna guess how many people tuned in to listen? This is Thanksgiving day, you're not at work, you're in a tumultuous election cycle, your guy, Biden is on television or on, on screen, you can tune in and watch. Guess how many Americans out of the alleged 80 million who voted for him, which did not happen, watched his presentation on Thanksgiving Day, his little remarks on Thanksgiving Day. 1,000, 1,000, that's it. 1,000 people in all of America could even be bothered listening to what Joe Biden had to say that day. I think that, that's, that just says a lot, you know, at, at an important holiday and a national election. Anyway, here we go. Joe Biden's Twitter account has 20 million followers, 2020 million. Trump's Twitter account has 88 million followers, 7.78 million, I'm sorry, 20 million Twitter followers for Biden, 88 million for Trump. Biden's Facebook account has 7.78 million followers. Trump's Facebook has 34 million, 0.72, and yet, the media and the left is trying to tell you 
that Trump, who got the overwhelming number of votes, more votes than he got when he won the election in 2016, 11 million more Americans came on board with Trump since 2016 and voted for him, so he got at least 73 million. But oh, Biden got more than that. No one follows him on Facebook. No one wants to hear him talk. No one goes to his rallies. No one goes to anything he does. And yet he got 80 million votes. These are all these just, you know, uh, things that simply could not be true. Uh, they also have comparisons in this about how, you know, Biden uh, won. He just uh, allegedly won, despite supposedly he underperformed Hillary Clinton in 2016 in every urban U.S. county. And this is an important one. Hillary Clinton, who also did not win, but Hillary Clinton in, in, in uh, 2016 got more votes than Joe Biden did in every single urban center of America, except the four that are now in radical dispute, the four that are the center, the, the core of the radical election fraud in this country, those four being Detroit, Milwaukee, Atlanta, and Philadelphia. Detroit, Milwaukee, Atlanta, and Philadelphia. These are the hub, the hub cities, the four of them, the massive election fraud. And Biden supposedly um, you know, won uh, the election, and, but it was only in those four cities that he got this just massive number of votes. No place else. I mean, every place else, all the urban areas that Hillary always carried, the Democrats always carry, Hillary carried, Biden couldn't even tie that record. So that, that is, uh, there's just all sorts of data that I think should help Americans who want to understand that the, this is not, there's not a question in the minds of any reasonable American whether we had election fraud in the 2020 presidential election. We had overwhelming election fraud. So I say that I titled this first five, we're at the crisis point. The question is what to do about it. How do we go forward? We have one, what we are doing now, which we have Trump lawyers holding hearings in various states where the electoral college votes are in contest, presenting witnesses, not just, you know, not just minor little witnesses with a gripe about two or three votes. We're talking about witnesses and yesterday in Michigan, the witness who actually worked for Dominion Voting System said, I testified, and this is a woman who has no, you know, she has no dog in this race. She has no dog in this hunt. She has no reason to lie. She is on national television. She's obviously not a, um, you know, a media person. She's an average Joe woman who sat there and got grilled and basically told them in Michigan, I have never seen so much fraud in my life. She talked about watching the same stack of votes being fed in the machines over and over and over and over. I mean, people, no one can listen to this and say, oh, I'm sure everything was fine. I'm sure Biden really won. It is the most astonishing thing because she's just one example. Uh, you had, uh, I'm gonna hit you with many, many examples. Um, one was uh, this gentleman who's a truck driver, he's now a whistleblower. He acknowledged, he testified, he drove, drove in his truck thousands of ballots from New York to Pennsylvania. I mean, literally realized later, was or realized en route was happening, he's got boxes full of filled out ballots. He's driving over state lines to deliver to some other secretive place where his truck, his uh, trailer disappears while it's there parked and they take everything out of it. He's he is transporting across state lines ballots, election ballots already filled out. He, sees, he said the names, the addresses, handwritten were on them. There's no reason for this to occur. There's no reason an honest election for this to occur. This guy, this guy, um, he testified he drove thousands of ballots from Bethpage, New York, to Lancaster, Pennsylvania, two weeks before election day. We're talking about early ballots being transported for use. And this is uh, one of the uh, lawsuits filed by the Amistad Project, part of the Thomas More Society. The guy's name is Phil Klein. No, I'm sorry, that was the former attorney general. The truck driver testifying uh, tells exactly what happened, that, that, he did, that he did this because he was told to do it. Jesse Morgan is his name. He tells the story at a press conference. I mean, we are overwhelmed in this country with proof of election fraud. But it gets me to my first five and um, point I wanna get to what we're gonna talk about today is what do you do about it? Are we as a people willing to say, you know what, seems like the Democrats cheated, they stole the presidential election, but you know, the best plan is probably just to let it go. 
Because this seems to be, this seems to be what the answer is that many, both Democrat and Republican members of the legislatures, of the state legislatures in the states in contest, this seems to be what they're saying. They're hearing this testimony and they're marching forward and the governor's marching forward to certify the election results to get it shipped off so that they can participate in the Electoral College on December 14th. This seems to be what the answer is. Yeah, massive fraud. We can all see it. The evidence is overwhelming. These people have no reason to lie. These people are putting themselves under penalty of perjury on national television, and they're telling their stories. No reason they should be doing this except for what they're telling is the truth. And yet you have the legislators in these states that where it makes all the difference in the world willing to say, wow, that, that doesn't sound too good. Okay, let's vote to certify. That's what you see happening. You see people in this country unwilling to stand up and fight against a fraudulent election. By the people, I mean the elected officials. Same in Washington. Same for a lot of the alleged luminaries of the Republican Party. Although I don't consider them luminaries, but people of, of prestige in the Republican Party starting to say, well, you know, maybe Trump really lost. Maybe we should give in here. People. I'm going to talk in the next segment about, segment about why this election matters so much. But if this were an election, if we were looking at an election right now between Joe Q. Milktoast, the incumbent Republican, and John Q. Milktoast, the, the challenger Democrat candidate, and they were both spineless, wussy, meaningless candidates who didn't have an agenda, who didn't have any particular reason that you should like either one of them, even if they were pretty similar. If they, you had, you know, Joe, John and Joe Q. Milk toast, the two candidates who pretty much were the same on every issue, you should still fight to the death to stop fraudulent elections. The reason to fight is not just because of how different the Trump agenda is from the Biden agenda, although that is massive too, and we'll get to that in a moment. The reason to fight is because we have in this country massive proof of election fraud and a ruling elite class that is willing to let it go. That's the reason to fight. One more thing in the first five. Yesterday we talked about how Attorney General Barr had made an extremely ill-advised statement in an AP interview reported in the Charlotte Observer where he basically said, hey, you know, we haven't investigated, uh, we haven't found anything, you know, in our investigation that would seem to suggest that, the, that you know, a fraud at a level that would change the election outcome. Now, we haven't found anything. He's, I, was, I think it was, we haven't found anything. Fortunately, Rudy Giuliani and uh, Jenna Ellis, the two lawyers for President Trump, almost immediately put out a statement basically saying that's because you haven't looked. That's because you haven't done the investigation. That's because you won't look at the evidence. This is why you, don't, you haven't come across this. Now, Barr got so much criticism for that statement that he had someone later in the day put out an announcement that, hey, you know, actually, uh, we, we didn't really say that our fraud uh, probe is over. We were just saying so far we haven't found anything. Given the seriousness of the situation, the massive evidence of fraud, the absolute unwillingness of most legislators in most states to even stand up and fight, it was beyond irresponsible for Barr to say anything of the kind he did. At least he had the integrity or someone in his office had the integrity to say, hey, actually, you know, uh, uh, we, we didn't mean to say we're done. We're still going to keep on investigating. They, so they're saying they're not done yet. Good thing Barr's going to keep looking. Um, we're going to talk a little later in the show about the special counsel appointment that Barr made. I don't want to get off my first five today. Uh, but I want to wrap up and say there are a few legislators who are beginning to, to say, you know, maybe we've got to do something more about this than just surrender. So you have the Arizona lawmakers calling for resolution to hold back electoral college votes. Now, you know, the governor has already said, Governor Ducey there has already said, I surrender. You know, he's one of the extreme rhino Republicans in this country, you know, happy to fight against anything serious and conservative. He has gone ahead and in Arizona certified their vote. Legislators trying to say, wait, 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 don't do this. Uh, same thing in Pennsylvania. They're actually saying some of the lawmakers in Pennsylvania are saying they see it's a constitutional crisis over election certification. This one IT contractor I mentioned who worked with Dominion, she witnessed what she says is complete fraud. She described story after story after story of election fraud. So we have a lot of, of amazing proof of election fraud. And I'll wrap up the first five and come back to this at the end of the show. The question is, what do you do in America when the masses paying attention 
can see there was overwhelming election fraud, can figure out that President Trump won this election in a landslide and the Democrats had a whole host, every conceivable avenue available to cheat this election, had it all lined up, had America lined up thinking we had to have massive mail-in ballots because of the fake COVID crisis, using those massive mail-in ballots late at night on election night, allowing them to be flooding the election centers in the key cities and flipping what was an obvious victory for President Trump in these states. And all of a sudden, you go to bed, Trump's winning, you wake up, wow, who knew? All these mail-in ballots came in, and all it turns out Joe Biden won, who knew? The Democrats had every avenue of cheating available, lined up ahead of time. They believe the American people are just gonna take it. They think we're gonna sit back and take it and say, well, dang, we didn't catch him soon enough. Guess we have to concede. And folks, I don't think so. I do not think the American people are going to concede. I think there's going to be a fight. We're going to talk in the next segment about how exactly we engage in that fight. But that, my very fine friends, is today's First Five. I call this next segment election fraud as a coup. And I'm not the first person to say this, but I want to line up these facts before I launch into what we do about it. Many of you recognized, oh, first of all, I want to mention to you a website to go and check out called Deep Capture deepcapture.com and the guy there who is the, uh, the that is his website Patrick Byrne former CEO of Overstock and he is a, a very he's been funding helping to fund the effort to dig out the proof of electronic voter manipulation the, the manipulation of voter tabulation software also known as vote switching the big thing everyone's been talking about this Sydney Powell's talking about that we've had Russ Ramsey on the show explaining He's funded a great deal looking into that and trying to get to the bottom of it. This is a guy who's not even Republican. He's not Democrat. He's a libertarian. But he's funding this because he can see, as as he dove into information, that this was a stolen election and he is willing to be in the fight. But I want to talk about in this uh, election fraud is coup. You know, back when Trump was running in 2016, you, we had the whole uh, battle, as it became clear President Trump, candidate Trump was going to win the Republican nomination. Uh, you had the whole thing being cooked up about the Russia collusion. And all of this, well, you know, somehow Trump is an agent of Putin. Trump, there's been collusion between Trump and the Russians. All this garbage, we all know the story. We spent millions of dollars and millions of hours. And turns out there was absolutely no collusion of any kind between the Trump team and the Russians. It was a made up hoax, but it was the first effort the first effort to drive Trump first out of the race and then once he won the presidency to drive him out of the White House that was the first effort at a coup the absolute unlawful attempt through lies and deception to overthrow the duly elected president of the United States of America that's what the Russian collusion hoax was we could go into other detail other issues where the Democrats tried to cook up something to get rid of Trump but they were relatively minor next big thing they got to was the impeachment effort attempting to impeach the president for doing nothing wrong and in fact what he was accused of doing it was what Joe Biden did on that on a recorded speech that everyone in America who's paying attention has seen Biden actually threatened the Ukraine, withholding a billion, withholding a billion dollars of American aid unless they fired the prosecutor who is investigating Biden's son's company. That actually happened, no question. Trump does nothing, has one conversation with the incoming president, does nothing wrong, and is a subject of an impeachment. This is the second effort at the coup. Now, you can go through a lot of other examples. Uh, people throw in other ways in which the Democrats tried to go after Trump, but this fraudulent election is itself should itself be considered a coup should itself be considered the democrats effort to remove or to before the election even is over to attempt to remove the duly elected president to attempt to deprive him and the american people of their right to choose the next president this election fraud is not just the usual tinkering that happens every time in election cycles where you know dead people vote um, you know, all sorts of jokes it's, it's a running joke in the election cycles the democrats can win because look how big the cemeteries are in some city i mean the the dead people voting thing is a democrat hallmark it's a tradition in their party but leaving that aside 
because it happens in every election, this massive fraud, electronic vote manipulation, stuffing the same thing as when Democrats would physically stuff ballot boxes with illegitimate ballots. They did the same thing electronically, stuffing, running the same ballots through the, through the voting, the counting machine over and over and over. Massive problem we have, and at some point we have to begin to recognize this wasn't just overzealous, a few little overzealous Democrats really, really trying to figure out a way to get Biden to win because they like their guy Biden better than they like Trump. This is far, far worse than that. It's far worse than that because it's so massive and by itself, all by itself should be reason for the American people to never surrender to this fraudulent election. But on top of that, the mere massive fraud, which is a fraud on the American people, it's a war, it's a war on the American people, a war on the right of the American people to exercise their right to vote for president. But even deeper than that, and why this matters so much that Americans fight now, fight now, is this. We don't have two milk toast candidates running for president. We don't have Joe Q and John Q uh, milk toast as the two candidates. We have on the Republican side, Donald Trump, who ran on and then actually followed through on the promise. He used the expression, make America great. He restored pride, passion, strength, energy, and freedom in America. He ran on rejuvenating and restoring love of America. His campaign directly attacked the previous eight years under the Marxist presidency of Barack Obama, in which Barack Obama spent his time trying to find ways to undermine America and the world scene, to undermine the place of America as the world leader of freedom, to spread concepts and ideas in the economy and society that are Marxist, you had the degradation of America the idea under the Marxist presidency of Barack Obama for eight years. This is why Trump so resonated with the American people. It is why they came out in masses, every effort they got to hear him speak. They wanted to hear someone who said, America is good, America is great, and I'm gonna do something about that. I'm gonna restore the greatness of America. He had the audacity, the bravery President Trump did to say in one of his first, or very, the very first State of the Union speech, or whatever, whatever point it was, whichever State of the Union, to say, we are not going to be a socialist country. We will never be a socialist country. Will not. Right there looking Bernie Sanders in the face, sitting in the front row, running again as a Marxist socialist communist, which is what he is, which is what today's Democrat Party is. So you have Trump running to restore love of America, and you have on the left not just Joe Biden, who is a figurehead candidate who will soon be gone because he doesn't know what day it is, but you have the entire radical left Marxist agenda in this country that has been showing its ugly face in this country now for decades. You have that radical left, that organization now heading in that that cabal of Marxist, socialist, radical leftists who have taken over the Democrat Party, that's who's heading to the White House. That's who is heading to the White House. Not Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. Kamala Harris is good with the Marxist agenda. She's right there with it. That's who she is. But it's not just her. It is the entire left wing of America has been overtaken by the Marxist socialist communist movement on the rise in the world, funded and orchestrated largely by the Chinese Communist Party, funding organizations in America like Antifa and Black Lives Matter. Antifa and Black Lives Matter have nothing to do with current events in America. They don't exist because anything's wrong with America. They exist because they're funded, orchestrated, and manipulated by the Chinese Communist Party and the massive Marxist socialist communist movement pushing its way into America. There are two organizations we mentioned on the show before. Um, they are uh, organizations that Trevor Loudon has written about a great deal, but it's both the Freedom Road Socialist Organization, FRSO, Freedom Road Socialist Organization, and Liberation Road. Both communist, Chinese communist funded organizations, funded organizations on the ground in America, funding Antifa Black Lives Matter and the radical, radical, but protests and anti-American rhetoric coming out of the left. 
This is, these are the stakes in our 2020 election. Trump, the guy who loves America, and the entire radical left, with Biden as a figurehead who will soon be gone, the entire radical left that's been overtaken by the forces of the Chinese Communist Party. That's where we are. That's why it matters to fight in this election. Uh, there was a great piece I wanted to mention, um, two, uh, two great pieces I want to encourage you to read to understand these issues, because I'm not the only one saying this. Many people are pointing out we're at a crossroads in this country, not just because the American left has, they think, succeeded in stealing a presidential election through massive fraud, but because what they intend to bring to America is the Marxism that has been on the roll on, on their, in their agenda moving forward in America for decades. They finally think they got here, they won, and they're going to impose this. You won't recognize America in four years. You won't recognize this country anymore. And that's the reason to fight right now. There's a great post up that is referring to a, 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 a book uh, written by uh, David Horowitz years ago. Uh, he wrote, uh, but it's a kind of a follow-on. Uh, David Horowitz wrote his 19, 1997 memoir, Radical Son, and he's basically saying, you know, he used to be a radical leftist, and he all of a sudden realized how crazy and dangerous the radical left is. He became a conservative, and he is an outspoken voice, and there's writing about, he's trying to help people understand, you have to see what we're facing today. We're not facing... The, your mommy and daddy or your grandparents Democrat Party that is just about maybe giving the little guy a little more you know of a tax break or maybe helping the unions a little more help the little guy we're talking about the radicals who took over and destroyed Venezuela and Cuba and have to, and are just ruling with tyranny in China and in, in any country North Korea any country embracing any of that, these ideas are being destroyed by these ideas and that's right where we are. We're at that cusp right now in America. We're not, you know, we have been over 80 or 100 years, the left has been slowly rolling out as Marxist agenda for America. But we are right now in this election, this is the pinnacle, this is the time, this is the place, this is where we are. You have the left in this country thinking they finally arrived at the power in Washington they're gonna have with a Biden-Harris agenda of the leftists in every conceivable manner you can comprehend every conceivable manner so i want to um so this article i encourage you to read it uh there, there are just um you know m many many great points but the main point of it is to recognize we're already there and then a other great piece by this guy michael waller uh and this whole idea of where do we go from here we had the election fraud we're watching this coup the election fraud itself was a coup attempt against, attempt against the American people, against the constitutional form of government. But the coup is happening in the election because the coup is also happening with this Marxist takeover of America, essentially while you were sleeping, while you're assuming America is a good, noble country. We believe in freedom. We believe in all the rights guaranteed in the Bill of Rights. We believe in the freedom of the individual. All the things we think we believe in, we assume everybody else believes in, including the Democrats. And the Democrat Party has been slowly overtaken and now has been completely overtaken by this radical Marxist agenda. This great piece, though, that was written, I could spend a whole uh, show on it, but it's talking about how the people funding this in America, this isn't just that America's Democrats have become Marxist, socialist, communists. It's that the forces in the world who believe in these ideas, is Marxist, socialist, communist ideas, those forces, they are funding, orchestrating, and paying for much of what we think in America is the news, much of what we think of in America as the, um, just what the American people seem to be thinking. I guess the American people believe these things right now. Who knew they believe these things? But I want to just tell you some of the things he's point. He's using this expression. This is Michael Waller. Uh, he's been on this show before. He's with the Center for Security Policy. He wrote this great piece, Strategic Disinformation. Strategic Disinformation and the 2020 Election, again, on our website, americacanbetalk.org, on the homepage under shows, drop-down list of links. He's talking about the idea that these forces, these communist, Marxist, leftist, Venezuelan, you know, radical, anti-American, anti-freedom forces are not only pushing and causing and fomenting and funding the riots and hatred in this country, they're also fomenting disinformation. 
they're working to arm twist or confuse, delude, subtly suggest to the American people that everything we think we're seeing, uh, they, they want to shape how we see everything that, they, that we are seeing. So they're funding the hatred of Trump. They're funding the hatred of America as an idea. They're funding the idea. And they're also funding the whole idea of, um, in fact, I'll tell you his exact quote. Sidney Powell used the term Kraken, uh, evidence that among other things is expected to show strategic, organized, computerized electoral fraud through technology developed in of all places, Venezuela. This guy's talking about these regimes, large and small, Russia, China, down to Iran, Cuba, even Venezuela, thrive or at least survive by preventing the United States from understanding their strategic intentions. If you knew these countries were attacking us, if you knew they were coming in our borders with military equipment and, and killing people, you would know you better stand up against all those countries, Iran, Cuba, Venezuela, Russia, China. You would know you should fight back. But because they're fighting this on the information level, on the persuasion level, trying to convince America that you, really America isn't so great as you thought, that all these arguments being made by Antifa and Black Lives Matter, these really are arguments worthy of your consideration because America really is a terribly evil, horrible, racist, unfair, bigoted country. They want you to hate your country. They want you to vote against the goodness of America and they use disinformation to get you to do that can't urge you strong enough read these articles don't be the one who gets played and by the way before i get this last this one thing about mike flynn i want to talk about again about how we're fighting these things um sydney powell's been talking about global election fraud she's beginning to tie in not just that the dominion voting system machines were capable of being hacked were hacked did a terrible job in this election cycle in actually uh in actually recording votes where they were susceptible to hacking but that, as she talks about in one of her um, points she makes, um, th there was actually there was testimony by an active duty military analyst, I think in the Arizona legislature, one of the places where there's been testimony, analyst was able to conduct, connect dominionvotingsystems.com, which is Dominion's proprietary URL, to Belgrade, Iran, China, and even to Barack Obama. You have to understand, the two choices we have in 2020 are not just Donald Trump and whether or Joe Biden. They are retain America, retain freedom, and give in to the socialist, Marxist, communist attempted takeover of America that has been underway for a hundred years in this country. We've reached the pinnacle. Obama thought he had the pinnacle. He thought he had us there where we're going to accept Hillary Clinton. She was going to perpetuate his Marxist agenda. They still thinks he has us there today. The idea that Biden, if he gets in, is just going to be Mr. Reasonable Guy from Delaware. He's going to be totally, totally controlled by this Marxist agenda, funded again by the Chinese Communist Party and the radical communist countries of this world. And America has been played as a sitting duck. One more point in this segment. There has been an argument out there that was put forward by Lieutenant General Michael Flynn in response to the question, what do we do to fix this? What do we do now that we can see the entire election was corrupted by the leftists, corrupted so that it appears Biden won 80 million votes when the fact is President Trump won in a landslide and he won the popular vote and he won the electoral college and that's what the reality is and everyone paying attention can see that. But yet we're in the battle of trying to get reality of who is sworn in on January 20th to comport with the true results of this election. So Lieutenant General Michael Flynn came up with an idea and he's been floating it out there on Twitter. And I actually had two different people mention it to me last night after the show, which is the suggestion by Flynn that we should have a, a partial, partial, not full, but a partial um, uh, declaration of martial law by the president, call out this election is fraudulent, order new elections to be held, and, and the martial law part comes in because you would be removing all of the elected officials, all of the normal officials who oversee elections and have the US military oversee the new election to get us to the right answer. 
That is what Lieutenant General Michael Flynn is suggesting. And he put it out on Twitter, and of course it's being retweeted and being discussed, and this whole idea, because I have to tell you folks, when you see the scope of the fraud, when you see the scope of the cheating, you do get the impression it is so hard to fix. It is so hard to get these legislators who don't have any courage at all. They want to just certify the election just to be done with being in the limelight. They don't like this. They don't want to be in the battle. They don't want to have their names in the paper being criticized. They fear the left. They fear the radical, violent left that's been destroying the country all year long, tearing down cities, burning cars, smashing windows, stealing, murdering. They the the legislators who've got this responsibility they don't want to become the, they don't want to be on that person's enemies list they don't want to be in the left's enemy list they want to be safe in a little cocoon sitting in their state legislature seat and certifying the election because it feels safer so you get to wondering how can this ever get corrected well this is why Sidney Powell has been on such a mission to bring about litigation in the relevant states to expose the fraud and to have the American people become aware just how extreme it was. This is Sidney Powell's goal. American people have got to understand how extreme this fraud was. And if they can't understand it, then they won't get behind any plan to overrule it because we have all these different tentacles. I've talked to you about it before. If we get to the Electoral College on December 14th and one candidate gets 270 votes, that's supposed to be the end of the election. But if you have 270 votes in Electoral College, but at the same time you have litigation making its way through the federal courts and arriving at the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court looks at the record before it and says the elections in the following states were fraudulent, and therefore, they cannot be certified, they must be decertified, or whatever uh, legal avenue the Supreme Court has, we cannot make this a decision on the presidency based on this farce of an election. So you have the Electoral College saying one thing, saying, you know, Biden got 270. You have a Supreme Court saying the entire election was fraudulent and the following five states' uh, results cannot be counted. And then the Supreme Court's going to say, so this has to go over to Congress. I mean, we are truly unprecedented territory, unprecedented in America, truly unprecedented. And so I ask you seriously, what is the, you know, uh, so this is kind of probably going through Flynn's thinking is we have, we don't have a clear path to getting the election that occurred on November 3rd. We don't have a clear path to being sure that it is the, the lies are corrected, the fraud is thrown out, and then we get to a fair result. Flynn's likely worried that we won't. So he's saying, let's go for a new election. Well, a lot of people have been saying this all over social media. Let's have a new election, throw it all out. Well, you know, there isn't necessarily statutory authority for the states to do that or the federal government to do that. There's a lot of, of roadblocks along the way. The left was counting on these kind of roadblocks to make it impossible for America to correct the fraud they perpetrated. You have to understand that the left was making this set up their entire effort to steal this election with the assumption there's just no avenue available, no path available to fix it. That Republicans will be stuck with Biden because they have no legal way to fix this. So you have the battle that may arise eventually. You have one choice is the Electoral College can't get to 270 votes. That's one avenue. If they don't get to it, then it's clear. It goes to the Supreme Court. They send it over to the Congress. The end, there you go. You have litigation that can end up in the Supreme Court, and that litigation can result in the court, in the Supreme Court invalidating some states' elections and sending the election to Congress. Flynn is saying, look, what if none of those avenues works out and we're supposed to accept Biden for four years? I don't think so. So he's calling for this, this whole, he's saying, calling for martial law, partial martial law, use of the military to oversee a brand new election, a fair election, uh, presumably with paper ballots. It's a pretty wild out there idea. Uh, tomorrow on the show, we have Rich Higgins joining us, former member of the National Security Council. I've been texting with him about that today. We talk about this tomorrow. Very wild idea. I am. I, I can understand where Flynn is coming from. I mean, Flynn just spent basically four years of his life recognizing how evil, how evil the American left is, 
how determined the Department of Justice was to come after him because of what, what the, was set up by the Obama-era Department of Justice. It, didn't ha it was the Obama-era officials, FBI, all of that cabal that set up uh, Lieutenant General Michael Flynn to be prosecuted, I was about to say persecuted, which is also true. So you can imagine Flynn's got a little bit of concern that you know it's really hard to fight back against these people. These people are driven for power. They are ruthless, they're relentless. So you can imagine him saying, we can't count on any other avenue fixing it. So you know what, martial law. I, I, I gotta tell you folks, it could be a, a very, very serious and challenging thing. So not too sure that that's gonna go there, but I will tell you that's at least what's on people's minds. And we're gonna talk about tomorrow with, with Rich Higgins. Now I wanna hit two more things um, that relate to um, the, uh, what is the Georgia Senate races? And I just wanna say this about this. Everyone listening to this show, I'm sure you likely you already realize the Georgia Senate races could not possibly be more important. The presidential race is more important. Getting Donald Trump inaugurated again on January 20th is goal one. And whatever it takes to get there, and I will talk to you in a minute, we're gonna play some Sidney Powell clips in a moment, whatever it takes to get there, but getting him reelected is goal one because this country cannot endure the Biden-Harris-Marxist-Socialist-Communist agenda coming our way if Biden were to be actually residing in the White House and be the president. But in Georgia, right now what we have in the United States Senate, we have 50 Republicans, we have 48 Democrats, we have two seats that are up for grabs in Georgia. I sent Matt the wonderful pictures of these two people just so you can see them. The woman, the incumbent Senator Kelly Loeffler, here's a picture of her, she is running um, and uh, as her, she was appointed to fill a seat that was vacated. She's now running for the first time as a standalone candidate on her own right. Uh, she's her opponent, Democrat opponent, is Reverend, Raf Reverend Raphael Warnock, uh, who is a black pastor um, in Georgia, a uh, definite radical leftist. But Georgia has a very large black population, and there's great concern that the black vote may just go with him because you know they, the notion of having a black senator in the United States um, Senate appeals to people. But Loeffler's standing up. She's been very good just saying, this is all about we have socialism or we don't. That's the whole, you know, we have freedom or we have socialism. I'll stand, I will stand in the, you know, stand and protect against it. Obviously, these two Senate races, it's very relevant or, or it matters a lot who's the president. Because if Biden is the president and you have the two Democrats win in Georgia, there is no telling how much damage they can do to our country. This is why even if Biden somehow succeeds in the theft of the presidency, which I will never concede should be permitted, but if he were, you really need these two seats in the Senate to be held by the Republicans. The other one, I also sent the other uh, gentleman's name, David Perdue, the other senator running uh, for re-election um, in Georgia. Um, you know, he's a, um, Oh, he's been there, I think, I, I can't remember when, 2005 or something like that. Um, and his candidate, his opposition, the Democrats, has John Ossoff, who is, uh, as he describes himself, a Jewish son of immigrants, you know, younger guy, and he's running too. But this Georgia has become kind of the, the, uh, the um, ground zero for uh, the battle for the Senate, and really it's the battle for America, how much power the left has versus um, the presidency. Now I want to go back and tell you there was a rally in Georgia today and I sent Matt the wonderful clip. There was a rally. It was a stop the steal rally. And at this rally, uh, both Sidney Powell spoke um, and Lynn Wood, this attorney, this guy attorney, Lynn Wood, who is now uh, kind of locked arms and working with Sidney Powell. They had a rally. It was so full of energy and passion, love for America. I uh, actually just wrapped up in time to grab clips. I grabbed a relatively short clip by, uh, of Sidney Powell speaking. I wanted to play that for you. We feel your prayers. I, I feel your prayers. General Flynn and I, throughout the ordeal we have been through, have felt the prayers of you and millions of people all across the country and frankly from around the world who have helped us face everything we have faced and have the strength to proceed every day to keep fighting for the truth. 
Americans around the world and freedom-loving people around the world are starved for the truth and for freedom. That is exactly what they have all tried to take away from all of us. It's been increasing exponentially for the last 20 years. It's unbelievable to me as a child of the 50s that grew up in just an amazing time in this country when you could walk to school safely and, and have friends of all kinds and there was none of the divisiveness at least in my life and the lives of my friends regardless of their color that we see now. In the world of real Americans, we're not defined by who we look like, what we look like, what color we are, or anything else. We're defined by our love for freedom and liberty and justice for all, on which on which this extraordinary nation was founded. Those are the values, American values, God, family, country, are the values we must return to now. Okay, I'm gonna try it, Matt, yeah, thank you. Okay, I gotta tell you, she was extraordinary. Uh, Lynn Wood was wound up. I want to wrap up that to say, because people, I'll tell you, I left the show yesterday. I had a friend texting during the day, you know, can you call me when you're free? And this is a guy who is, you know, very politically active, a solid Republican, um, African-American, very successful, very smart guy, really even keeled. He's a picture of Mr. Even Keeled. And, he, and so I called him on the way back from uh, after the show, and he was saying, you know, basically, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Um, and he said, and I, I, you know, he basically was saying, and it's funny because I haven't talked to him on this level about, you know, the Marxist takeover of America and the theft in this election. And he's saying, this is, you know, this is our time to stand and fight. This is our time to stand our ground. We cannot wait until Biden has stolen this election. He's sitting in the White House. The Marxist takeover is complete. And then, and then start fighting? He's saying the time to fight is now. The time to, and he was, I'm, honestly, because he's so even killed, I'm like, I, I was really kind of amazed. So he's, we had a great conversation, talked to him later in the evening, talked to my husband about it, you know, just kind of all of where we are in all this. I think there are literally millions, I don't think, I know, there are millions and millions of Americans, literally millions, sitting in their homes in this country and thinking, what the heck are we going to do? Anyone paying attention can see the left, they can see number one, the Democrats have attempted and they appear to have, or they would say they have succeeded in stealing this election. They've succeeded in getting Joe Biden elected. They have not, there's been no final decision. Joe Biden is not president elect, but they believe they have accomplished this. The Democrat Party believes they have accomplished Biden is, is going to be president. They believe they have also accomplished the infiltration of America's institutions and universities and places of power and media and academia. Everything has been filled by the Marxists for the last 100 years in this country with leftists and Marxists and communists and socialists pushing this country more and more to the left. They understand that the riots in America's cities were not genuine and were not, did not come about because of anything wrong with America, anything bad about America, anything bad that happened. They understand the marches, the riots, the protests, the burning, the, the windows smashing, the burning cars was all part of an ongoing plot to threaten America, to cause Americans to become less than, less than satisfied, less than comfortable, less than, yeah, just, just kind of to sit back in a sense of dis-ease and wonder what's wrong with my country? Gee, I thought everything was fine, but all these people are so angry. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe America really is the most deeply racist, terrible country that's ever been in the whole, in the whole history of the planet Earth. 
the riots had their purpose as part of this Marxist takeover. So back to my friend, he's saying, we have to fight now. We can't wait to fight on January 22nd. We realize that they've stolen, that probably if they, if they could, the last two elections, the, the two senators in Georgia, they've stolen those seats. They've got the presidency. They have filled America's bureaucracies with radical communist, Marxist, leftists, socialists, and then the agendas move forward. It's a silent attack on America coming to fruition this time. And I was amazed because he really hasn't talked to me in those terms before. He's basically saying, we have to do something. We have to do something and we get in the fight now. So I want to talk to you about getting in the fight now. Getting in the fight now means, number one, go to that one website I've mentioned in the past, everylegalvote.com. At that website, send emails to every single legislator that is who's listed there. There's a form email you can use. You can write your own that says basically, do you do? Don't you dare certify this fraud. You don't don't you dare certify this election because it's a fraud. You can send emails. You can go to Georgia. I have friends going to Georgia. You can go to Georgia, join numerous groups, knock on doors. The point of what I'm saying is, the American left. The legislators who have these decisions to make, the courts that have decisions to make, including the Supreme Court, have got to be hearing from the millions and millions of Americans telling them, we will not live under a fraud. We will not accept this election. We are not going to live under a fraud. So you better make the right decision and fix it. Get involved somehow. You can go to Georgia, many organizations, knock on doors, contact the GOP there, contact anybody. You can go to Georgia. You can tell your friends. You can be active in social media. But the whole idea that we're starting as a country to begin to pretend that Biden really won and therefore we're going to say President-elect Biden made a new choice for some cabinet position. No, stop acting like he won. Stop pretending that the fraud is real. There is a great need for Americans to be on fire. That rally at Georgia where you just saw Sidney Powell was speaking was packed. President Trump is going to be in Georgia. He's going to be holding a few rallies to support the Republican senatorial candidates. Get there if you can. Do something. Join the marches in your city. If you go to jerichomarch.org or .com, I think it's .com, jerichomarch.com, go to those in your city, in your town, your state. Jericho March is a national movement. There are marches every Saturday. If the media starts to pick up, if the Supreme Court starts to pick up the idea that the people are in the streets, they will not accept this fraud. This is something you can do, even if you're not an elector and you're not a member of the legislature and you're not otherwise politically active, you can be in the fight. Do something. Be in the fight. Make sure America knows you're in this fight because it is a fight for the very survival of freedom in America. I'm not being hyperbolic. I'm not exaggerating. This is a fight for the future of freedom and the future, future of fair elections in America. It is that serious be in the fight. Okay, one last quick thing. I was going to quickly cover Dems in crisis. You know, I've been talking so much about what happened to the Republican Party, which to be really clear, beside the presidency, which was stolen flat out, uh, the attempted theft, we haven't, haven't succeeded yet, but they have attempted stealing. Actually, Election Day, November 3rd, 2020, was pretty darn great for the Republicans. Pretty darn great. The Republicans increase their numbers in the U.S. House. You realize going into the election that the U.S. House already had a Democrat majority, already had Sidney Powell as the, um, as the, um, Sidney Powell already had Nancy Pelosi uh, as Speaker of the House, already had the Democrat majority in the U.S. House. They predicted picking up more seats. They thought they're going to pick up 17 seats. Instead, they lost about that many. They, they lost many, many seats. There was a great call. Nancy Pelosi put together a call with the Democrat House members, the Democrat, they call it the Democrat Caucus. It's supposed to be a private phone call. She put together a call with them in which she was, um, you know, letting them all vent. And what do you think happened? And how come we didn't take these new seats? And blah, blah, blah. Well, of course, the Democrats are mad at her. Uh, at Pelosi because they thought, you know, we thought you had this sewed up. But they actually have some amazing things. So what happened, of course, is somebody recorded the call and released it to the media so you can listen to it if you'd like to. 
But these, this Democrat caucus call uh, included uh, one person who barely, a moderate Democrat, barely won re-election. Uh, and I have a friend who's running against her next time, I'll tell you about that. But anyway, Abigail Spanberger from uh, Virginia, uh, she was on the call just clamoring for, stop saying defund the police. Don't say defund the police. She, um, she's got, she says that will get us effing torn apart. There was another person who lost her seat. Debbie uh, Murkersell Powell lost her seat sobbing on the phone during this call, which is now available, saying, what is the matter with you people? People were mean to me. The basic thing was the Democrats in this call are recognizing their defund the police didn't help. In fact, it hurt. Their constant racialization of everything hurt them. The attacks on America's cities hurt them. There wasn't a good answer that they were the party of anti-law and order. That hurt them. And they're mad at Nancy Pelosi because she didn't deliver this, you know, what they thought was increasing number of Democrats. But the really interesting thing why I called this segment Dems in Crisis is because the squad, the socialist members of the uh, Democrat caucus in the U.S. House, the squad, they're arguing very publicly that the Democrats didn't make the gains they should have because they didn't go far enough radically left. They are demanding the socialist agenda be more out there on behalf of the Democrat Party. They are demanding more, and their answer to everything is based on race, and so you have to have you know, more people of various colors, people of various, the whole argument in their view is about race and ethnicity and national origin and skin color. So they want more diversity and they want more socialism told, sold to the American people as the new face of the Democrat Party. So Democrats are in a big crisis just in the House. Pelosi's apparently going to be the Speaker of the House again, fine. But the other thing that really hurt the Democrats this time, and is a little bit in the corner for the Republicans helping us, is that the Republicans actually made gains in terms of the number of state legislatures in which they hold Republican majority control. Democrats had targeted certain state legislatures, including ours here in Texas, but targeted them to try to take over to have majority Democrats in the state legislatures which is very, very relevant in this particular election cycle and every 10 years because it impacts the ability to redraw district lines, the congressional district lines. After the census happens, then there is a redrawing of district lines. And so it helps to have, the, this is why the Democrats just spent millions and millions, I think it's even billions, trying to win Democrat majorities in state house legislatures around this country and failed miserably failed miserably. Republicans held on to the legislatures in this country, uh, in fact, and, and gained some. And so it will give the Republicans a little bit of, of a um, leg up over the next um, 10 years, or because it, this will happen during this next term, uh, in redrawing district lines. So that's a plus. I guess I want to close out by saying we're going to um, you know, go to Wyatt Maris you in a moment, but to go back to my first point today and we started talking. I do this show to talk about the unique, extraordinary greatness of America. America is the most blessed, extraordinary, exceptional nation God has ever blessed this earth with. We're a country rooted in the rights and freedom of the individual, the right of the individual and the personal responsibility of the individual to live in freedom under God under the structure of the Constitution and laws. We're a country where individual freedom is a promise. We are in 2020 facing head on, facing head on the culmination of a hundred years of effort of the radical Marxist, socialist, communist leftists in this country to remove from America the whole concept of individual freedom to replace free markets with socialism, to replace the whole concept of America as a country rooted in freedom to the concept of a Marxist government-controlled society. The left has been pushing for decades to get here. They think they're here. They think when they got to the 2020 elections, they had succeeded in driving Trump out, in getting Biden in, 
and that they were going to finally have the power they've always wanted to have, and they were going to immediately move to solidify that power by the plan, the openly stated plan, was to have all illegal aliens in America instantly put on a path to citizenship with voting rights. This was one of the things Biden was going to do in the first 100 days. All illegal aliens, it's like 22 million, made instantly into American citizens with voting rights who have no comprehension of what the whole unique experiment human liberty America is. This is what the Democrats had in mind. This is what they thought they could accomplish. This stealing of the American election is not just, well, we can fix it in four years. It's not just between two relatively similar Democrat versus Republican candidates. The whole enchilada is on the line in these 2020 elections. It is why we must fight every conceivable legal way to get the fair outcome, the honest outcome of this election, to throw out every fraudulent vote, to throw out every bit of fraud that occurred in this election and get to the honest election results. It matters for the future of freedom in this country. I have a lot more stories, but I'm out of time, so I'll turn and tell you why the stories we talked about today matter to you. We started today, in the start of our show today, talking about America at election crisis point and why it matters to you. The fraud data points keep accumulating. Biden's online Thanksgiving message audience had 1,000 viewers. Biden's Facebook followers, 7 million. Trump's Facebook followers, 34 million. Everyone knows the presidential election result anointing Biden as a winner is completely fraudulent. Biden did not receive 80 million votes. Biden did not win the election. Trump won in a landslide. Americans everywhere are rising to the realization an obviously fraudulent election cannot stand. Now is the time to defend the republic. And the next one, election fraud as a coup. Why it matters to you, we had Spygate, we had Russia collusion hoax, we had the sham impeachment. All of these were directly targeted at Trump, indirectly at the American people. Election fraud of 2020 is targeted directly at the American people. It shows the left's determination to take the vote away from Americans. It is a straight up socialist subversion of America. And that's why American patriots are rising and will not be stopped. They will not roll over no matter how many officials and the ruling class elites tell them to. Supreme Court, can you hear us now? Georgia Senate races, why it matters. Senate control by GOP is critical to a second, and there will be a second Trump term. It is beyond critical if Biden was allowed to steal this election. Dominion voting machines must not be used. We're going to get this point tomorrow, but it's really important. They're planning on using the same machines that were hacked last time. Dominion voting machines cannot be used. Loeffler and Purdue must win. But as important as the January 5th Georgia Senate elections are, they must not divert energy or attention away from number one priority, overturning presidential election fraud. And finally, Dems in crisis. This is a highly underreported story of 2020 and further evidence that the, of the fraudulent Biden result. There was no blue wave. There was no embrace of socialism. Americans do not want defunded police. There will be no redistricting slanted to the left because of the victories in the state house legislatures. Yet the elected squad insists that Dem losses are due to not going far enough left. This is why Biden and his far left appointees are so far out of step. Their agenda was firmly and overwhelmingly rejected by the American people. And that, my very fine friends, is America Can We Talk for today. Two things. Tomorrow, Rich Higgins is joining us, former member of the National Security Council. Lots of great insights about what's happening to America and why we have so many completely spineless Republicans not speaking up. And second is, go to our website, americacanwetalk.org, and on the homepage, hit subscribe, and you can subscribe to the Once Weekly Newsletter. Hit donate, and you can help support this show. The show is 100% listener-supported. I could really use your donations a one time or a recurring donation would be immensely helpful to keep this show rolling. I love speaking to you. I don't take a salary, by the way. 
It's entirely to keep up for the expenses of keeping this show going. So I'd love your support if you could. And lastly, on any social media, whatever way you're listening to this show, please like, share, subscribe. You know what to do in all the various social media sites. And please know, by next week, we're going to be up on Rumble, be rolling on Parlor, adding more to BitChute. We are moving over to the social media. We're adding to the, the uh, where we currently are. We're adding also some of the new social media platforms that don't censor. So the show will keep going. Thank you so much for listening to America Can We Talk, where I always talk truth about America because America matters. And I'll talk to you next time. Can we talk truth about America? Can you